Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is Bishop Gilbert Coleman, and you're listening to Straight from the Pastor's Heart Ministries. Prepare yourself to receive what's going to be a life changing word me to the 21st chapter of the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 21, and I want to read verses 1 through 13 in your hearing. Genesis 21, verses 1 through 13 is where we're going to be for tonight's lesson. Genesis 21, 1 through 13. Shouldn't have too much trouble finding that one. Uh, And if you have it, would you please say amen? Amen. I'm going to read from the New King James. And there it says, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. So the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, scoffing. Therefore she said to Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. But God said to Abraham, do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her. Listen to her voice. Mm. For in Isaac your seed shall be called. Yet I will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman because he is your seed. Oh, Jesus. Um, I want to use for a thought tonight. I may not necessarily preach all of this expeditionally, but, um, but what I want to talk about tonight is family matters. Family matters. God bless you. Have your seats in the presence of the Lord. God created all things with a divine order. However, mankind has transcended that order and has now created disorder. As we look at creation, there is no doubt that God specifically did certain things on each particular day of creation. And so we see him going from the first day to the sixth day, and of course on the sixth day, the Bible says that he created man, and after creating man on the seventh day, he rested. So there was definitely an order in the way that things were aligned, and then man comes to the earth, and as soon as he comes to the earth, Um, We don't know exactly how long it took, but it seems that it wasn't very long, any whatsoever, until man created disorder. He threw things uh, out of kilter because of the fact that he disobeyed God, and now because of the fact that he disobeyed God, where it was that animals, uh, fierce animals, lions, tigers, and all that kind of stuff, would lay down to man, would uh, literally be uh, uh, like childlike in the presence of a man, and now all of that is thrown into chaos and confusion, and now man has to run from the very thing he's supposed to dominate. So mankind was the one who actually then, as I said, created all of the disorder in this world. And here it is that now that disorder remains even unto today. 
Our homes are in disarray. Our families are in disarray, primarily because of the fact that disorder was begun back in creation, and no one has taken the time to try to fix it. Amen. Yeah, nobody's really trying to fix this thing. We have allowed uh, disorder to become our order. We go along with it. Uh, in fact, even Christian people go along with it. And uh, nobody really wants to challenge the disorder. No one really wants to come up and, and say, hey, this is not right. We shouldn't do things this way. Um, and, and only because of the fact that we have come to a place where mankind has learned how to literally just accept whatever it is that goes on in society. And even though it is things that God uh, speaks about in his word that displease him, there are things that he knows uh, create a order that he did not order. And yet Christian people don't want to go against that because we would much rather, I was saying, I believe a few weeks ago, that we want to remain politically correct. Our position though is that we should be uh, divinely and biblically correct. And of course, if we're going to be biblically correct, it means then that we're going to, without a doubt, go against the grain of society. People in the world will be totally upset with us only because of the fact that you would dare do things the way God says he wants it done in his word. Mm -hmm. so, so, so even down to our young people today, they accept it the way that the world does it. The fact many of our young people want to be like the world. Mm -hmm. Because they don't want people to think badly of them. They don't want people to think, you know, that uh, somehow or another that they are a misfit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that they're the odd man out. Uh, they don't want to be called church boy or church girl. Yeah, they don't want to be called that. They don't want to be called uh, Jesus freak and all that kind of stuff. In fact, many adults don't want it. Amen. A whole lot of adults that don't want to be called those types of names. And so rather than uh, stand against things, what we do is that we blend in. Come on now. We blend in. And, and because we blend in, we make people think that we are with them. Uh, and the only time that you are really with them is when it's convenient. But also at the same time, it's also you blend in with the Christian folk because when that's convenient, you'll blend in with them. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah, because when some of us, uh, when it comes down to our Christianity, we're secret agents. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're secret agents. We don't really want to be what it is that God intended for us to be in your acceptance of Jesus Christ. So, 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 so here it is that even with all uh, of what it is that God created for us, uh, one of the first things that God created for us was relationship. Mm-hmm. It was relationship. And the first relationship was God and man. That was the very first relationship. God communed with man on a regular basis, which is why Adam was able to recognize the Lord's voice on the day that God came to challenge him about why he disobeyed him. Because the Bible says that the Lord's voice came walking in the cool of the day. That continues to blow my mind. How in the world could God's voice come walking. Well, the reason why is because whenever God speaks, it takes on shape, form, and substance. Good God Almighty. So it takes on shape, form, and substance. So therefore, when God spoke, Adam, where are you? Automatically, that took on a shape and began to walk through the garden. And when the Lord asked where he was, of course, he wasn't talking about his geographical location, but he wanted to know where he was with him spiritually. And even until today, here we are, here we are, uh, June 18th, 2008, and here it is that even right now, God is asking, where are you? Where are you with him? You know, um, will you stand? Not only will you stand, but will you stand out? See, because I understand something, children of God, if in fact we are really going to be what it is that God is calling for in this day, we must have a desire to not only stand, but you must be willing to stand out. Yeah, yeah. And then standing out, of course, we already know that there are those instances when you will literally have to be alone. There will be many folks, even people in your family who are not going to agree with you. Uh, many people who will think that you are some type of a fanatic because you would dare speak the things of God. You would dare uh, articulate and verbalize the word of God, you know, and they're going to think that somehow or another you've lost it. You know, uh, uh, quoting things from what they consider to be an antiquated, out-of-date book. Are y'all still with me? 
And so the relationship uh, is what God is looking for. In fact, in today's world, God is not looking for a performance. He's want, he wants a relationship. He, he wants to be close to us. And so that was the very first relationship that God uh, initiated. Now, now uh, in fact, he wanted a relationship so badly, of course, that after Jesus Christ came, the relationship became so intimate that, of course, he came to live in us. Now, at that time, he was just talking to man, working on man. And then he came to live inside of man to create an even greater intimacy and a more intense relationship with his creation. No other being on earth can share the type of relationship that we can. The angels don't even have that relationship. Wow. The angels in heaven don't even have the relationship that you and I have. They don't have the ability to be able to access God the way we can. Uh, even though they fly around the throne day after day saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, he who was, he who is, and he who is to come. But yet, they will never be able to sing the song that we can sing, redeemed. Redeemed, I've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. So therefore, the relationship um, that, that God wants is supposed to be very, very deep, very intense, and also very intimate, okay? Uh, and then, of course, after he created the relationship between us and himself, then the relationship happened between man and man. Wow. What a bust that was. Because here it is that already man has denied and defied God, and then we start relating to each other. And think about this, that the first re real relationship we see recorded uh, in the beginning of the book of Genesis shows us murder. That here it is, the two brothers couldn't even get along with each other. Are you hearing me? Now, it also shows us a form of dysfunction. We'll talk about that more in just a moment. But it also shows us a form of dysfunction that began right there uh, with the first family. Because my question has always been this. With uh, Cain having the disposition and attitude that he possessed, my question is, why is it that Adam and Eve never noticed how that boy was? Why is it that they never saw how it was that he despised his brother. How is it that they never ever saw how it was that Cain probably even talked to his brother? They paid no attention. And that's exactly what some parents are today. Because there were parents right there in the household with their children and pay no attention to their nurturing or their development. Uh-huh. Why? Because of the fact that society has deemed it to be so that parents should now become more friends to their kids than to be their instructors or their directors for life. We're supposed to be mentors to these kids, not their friends, and they should not even have the ability to call us by our first names either. I know that there are many of us in this room right now that if in fact um, uh, your ch if we, even one of us had ever decided that we was going to uh, call our dad or our mom by their first name, I tell you, we'd have been making a trip to the dentist. There ain't no doubt in my mind. Either making a trip to the dentist or you wouldn't have been able to sit down for a week. Am I right about that? Uh -huh. but, but, but things have changed so uh, that we are now having this such, such disorder again in the world until parenting, uh, of course it does not come with a, uh, with a manual, there's no manual for parenting, however there are just some common sense things that ought to take place. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Amen. And, and so we should learn how to relate to one another. And also parents should be teaching their children how to relate to each other. Amen. Amen. To how to relate to each other and also how to relate to people outside of their family. Amen. Amen. Because there is no doubt that the reality is, is that even though, yes, making certain stands in this world will cause you not to be alone. However, you can't live in this world by yourself. Sooner or later, you're going to need somebody else. All right? And so therefore, it is incumbent upon every one of us to learn how to get along with other people. Uh, yeah, Rodney King had it right. Can't we all just get along? Why can't we just get along? Uh, but, but it is because of the temperament of people and because of the various environments that people are raised in. 
Are you hearing me? Every one of us comes from a different household. You came from a different family, and that family had different standards. They had different values, different ethics, and a code that they went by. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so now we make our way through life uh, until you start learning better based on what it was that you were told by those who were supposed to have been mentors. Those people who were supposed to have been the ones who was our old heads to show us the way. Okay, however, many of them didn't know the way either. And because many of them didn't know the way is the reason why some of us ended up the way we have ended up and we bring certain things, certain uh, 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 what we consider to be guidelines into the world, into relationship and sometimes we are so misguided. Are y'all hearing me? Amen. We're so misguided because of the fact that we didn't get proper instruction as we were coming along. That's why many of us, even in this room right now, the way you had to live life was through trial and error. Amen. Come on, somebody. Y'all, you, you know it. You live through trial and error. You never really ever, uh, ever knew the exact way the things were supposed to go. And so you tried a little bit of this and you tried a little bit of that or you tried him or you tried her, you know, until you found out that it didn't work or it did work for you and you added it to your repertoire or you discarded it. Now, am I right? Am I right? Okay. And, and so, so the thing is, though, is that for some people, the things that we thought were items that we should add to our list really shouldn't have been there. Okay. And, and, and until you come to a certain place in your life, and unfortunately for some of us, it was way into our 30s and 40s when you finally found out that certain things weren't true. Are y'all hearing me? And you had lived in a state of error for years. Are you hearing me? And watch this. But for some people, because of the fact that we've lived in error for so long, that by the time you do learn the truth, you don't want to let go of the error. You would much rather live that way. Why? Because the error feels more comfortable. It is quiet up in here. Yeah, and that's exactly what some people are. We think that the error is more comfortable, so I would much rather live with that than have to change. I, uh, you know, uh, as the old saying used to go, I'd rather fight than switch. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what some people are. And, and, and so, so therefore, where some people really were taught how to be functional, they were taught how to be functional, but once you left uh, the confines of what was functional, you became dysfunctional. Wow. Y'all still with me, right? Because you know what? The truth is, is that there's some people, probably not y'all that came out here tonight, the ones that didn't come, okay? But there's a whole lot of folk that grew up in quite functional households. You know, I mean, the values were there, the ethic, the code was there, the standard was there, it was all there. But because you didn't particularly, personally, like a standard, you rebelled against it. Come on now, come on now. Dad would tell you that you shouldn't do such and such and such. Or mom would tell you you shouldn't do so and so and so. And even though they spoke against that stuff, you were determined you was going to do your own thing. And so that's why when they said don't go to the party, you would lay up in bed at night as if you were going to sleep, dressed. Am I doing all right so far? And here you are fully dressed. Okay, and waited until everything was quiet in the house and then made your way out the door. Uh-huh, and then made sure that well, when you came back uh, that you took your shoes off, you know, and you tipped up the stairs so that nobody would catch you and went to sleep in your clothes because you didn't want to uh, cause any disturbance in the household. Uh, and so here it was that, again, you were in a functional household, but did not like things that were truly functional. You desired dysfunction. Are y'all hearing me? Only because of the fact that, that watch this, that many of us thought that uh, living the Christian life, particularly if your father or your mother or grandpa, grandma, whoever it was, if they were Christians, you always thought that their way was too rigid. It was too hard, they were too stern, they were mean. They wouldn't let me do this and they wouldn't let me do that. And so, so we made a vow to ourselves that once I become grown, I'll show them. I'm gonna show them, I'm gonna show them. That's right, when I get grown, man, ain't nobody gonna tell me nothing. 
But, but here's the deal. God set up life so that somebody would always tell you something. Amen. Because, because here's the deal. Let me, let, me, let me help some folks, especially our young people. Let me help y'all right now. Because if you think and nobody going to tell you nothing, you know, uh, as you get grown, uh, don't go to work. Don't work a job. Because I guarantee you, if you're going to work a job, somebody going to tell you what to do. Hallelujah. Uh, so unless, unless you plan on having your own business by the time you graduate high school, or by the time you come out of college, you better get yourself ready because somebody going to tell you what to do. They're going to tell you what time to show up. They're going to tell you what time to take a break. They're going to tell you what time to go to lunch. They're going to tell you what time to take your next break. They're going to tell you what time to get off. And they're going to tell you how much you can make to do all of that. So again, if you don't think anybody can tell you anything, don't get a job. Don't get a job because you absolutely will do poorly in that sector of the world. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So here it is again that we went from functional what to dysfunctional. And look at what the scripture shows us. Let me show you how dysfunctional we became. Genesis chapter 6 verses 1 and 2. Then I'm going to go down to 5 and 6. Genesis chapter 6 verse 1 and 2 and then down to 5 and 6. Uh, and look what it says there. It says, now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful. These are angels. These are angels who are in the earth realm. Because remember now that a bunch of angels got kicked out of glory. Oh, come on now. A bunch of angels got kicked out of glory. Now, now the majority of them, of course, are even right now bound up in hell, chained in hell. Uh-huh. Chained in hell because they lost their, their first estate with God. All right? But these guys had uh, sex with the daughters of men, seeing that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. Polygamy. Look, what I'm trying to show you then is that the first polygamous relationships were not between humans. The first, the first polygamous relationship started with angels that came from glory. Oh my gosh. This is wild, ain't it? It's right here in the Bible. I'm just reading the Bible. Okay, then look what it says. It says, then the Lord saw, verse 5, that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent, every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil, what? Continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. It hurt God. It hurt God. That man, now he didn't say the angels. He said it hurt him that man had turned against him. Why? Because man was the zenith. Man was the apex of his creation. And he is hurt to the core because of the fact that his own creation would turn against him. Are y'all hearing me? And still turning against him. Whew. Wow. So with that in mind then, the maintenance of relationships can at times be taxing and difficult. I said the maintenance of relationships. Trying to stay on even keel with other people. In fact, trying to stay on even keel even with your family. Because, because there are some of us, maybe in the room even right now, you feel like or have felt like you was the black sheep of the family. Amen. Ain't nobody care about me. Don't nobody care about me now. Now, now, now. now, predominantly where that happens at in the family is with the middle child. The middle child always feels like they're the ones that, you know, they're the odd man out. Because, because, because of course, <laughs> my goodness, because the, uh, because the older one has already, you know, received all his or her accolades because they were the first, you know what I'm saying? So because they were first, you know, and they're the oldest, you know, that they have this also sometimes seemingly position of authority, you know, in the family. You know, a lot of times the uh, oldest one, you know, the rest of the family kind of look up to him or her, you know, because of where they are just as far as the age is concerned. Are y'all still here? Okay, and, and, then, and then the person who comes last, let's say, let's say there's uh, uh, um, um, four kids in the family, okay, and so the baby, the one who comes on the back end, now daddy and mama really love him or her because usually they're coming late. 
and because they're coming late, you know, they're the child of the old age. So, so now all the rest of the kids think that him or her is getting favor. They feel like they're getting away with everything. They can do just anything they want. Your mom don't never say nothing about you. Dad don't say nothing to you, does he? Yo, you just get away with everything. You know, and then sometimes what they do is that the siblings will even start scheming against the baby. Am I talking good right now? They'll scheme, they'll scheme, they'll scheme against the baby, you know, and the baby ain't done nothing but show up. But they'll scheme against the baby, why? Because of jealousy and envy. And because of the fact that they feel like the baby is getting something that they didn't get. But in many instances, here's what happened. By the time the baby was born, those parents now have some more experience. And because they have more experience, they now know how to deal with the children a little bit better huh? when, than, than when the first two probably came along. And so now, now I say, hey, I kind of got a little bit of handle on this thing, you know, and so that's why I know how to deal with him or her a lot better than I did with the others. He's not really getting away with a lot or she's not getting away with a lot. It's just that they are wiser. And they are learning and have learned how to get more out of their children because of how it is that they learned with the first couple. Because, see, with the, 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 the first couple really was, the, was their test run. Amen. Because they didn't, listen, listen, they didn't have no manual for them kids. They, they didn't come with an instruction book. Am I right? They didn't come with no instruction book, so they had to learn as they went along. And particularly if, in fact, the first one was born at a young age. Uh-oh. Man, I messed up there, didn't I? Okay, and so, so now the family relationship is really hard, you know, for us to, you know, to adjust to and adapt to, you know, but, but then here it is that now the rest of our family, outside of our own household, now we got other people we have to deal with as well. And sometimes, again, the maintenance of those relationships can be very, very taxing, very, very difficult. You know, why? Because every person that we come in contact with or that we embrace, um, we have to, first of all, learn their ways. Uh, we have to see whether or not we really want them in our world. And then, do I want to be in their world? Am I right? Yeah, you have to see whether or not you want to be in each other's world. You know, b b because, because there are some people that the way they act may not necessarily be the kind of person I want to be around. Are you hearing me? Now, of course, when it comes to my family, I have no choice. Are you hearing me? I'm forced into that one, okay? But as far as it relates to people outside of my family, I can choose, make my own choices as to the people I decide to be around. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Now, now, because there are always going to be some people who are needy people. Oh, come on now. So, yeah, there are people who are needy people, you, you know, and they always want to be up under certain, certain people because they see certain people as being much stronger than themselves. So because these individuals are so much stronger than them in their perception, at least anyway, they always want to be up under them because they feel like the only way they can make it through life is that they need someone to help guide them. Are y'all hearing me? Watch this, watch this. But then there also are those people who need to be needed. Ah, oh, boy, I tell you, this is gonna be good tonight, I see. Yeah, so they need to be needed. They want somebody to always be around them because they wanna mother them or they wanna father them. They have to have that. They can't survive without it. Are y'all with me? Yeah, and so because of the kind of relationship, now this person who just wanted to be close to them didn't really want another mother, nor are they looking for a father. So watch this. So now when this other person becomes so possessive, they start to back off. Because I said, I didn't want no other mother. I didn't want no father. I was just looking for somebody to be a mentor. Are you still with me? So they start backing off. Now the individual who wants to be so possessive is now, of course, wondering why it is that this individual don't want to be around them no more. Why you don't be? And so they become even more possessive because what they'll do is they'll start calling, showing up at inordinate times. Are you hearing me? 
Yeah, always, always desiring to be clingy, clingy, clingy. Now, some of us, some of us, not every, again, not y'all, the folks who didn't come, okay? Some of us ended up marrying some of them people. I wish I could, uh, 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 T, but, it, but it's like that. Some of us married some of those people, individuals who literally have to cling, they have to hold on to you with everything they have. They're always calling, they're always around, literally sucking the life out of you. I see somebody said amen, all right. And so, and so they'll, they'll literally suck the life out of you. And, and the deal is, though, is that, hey, you made the choice. You made the choice. Now, remember that people who are like that will not always show you their true colors up front. It takes a little while before they finally come out of their bag until they feel comfortable enough or until after they feel they got you. Once they feel they got you, then that's when they come out with their thing. You know what I'm saying? Amen. And they'll come on out, you know, and uh, can, can, I can I just teach like this tonight? I, 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 don't, I don't feel like a hoop and holler, okay? Uh, and and so, so, so they'll, they'll hold on to you, hold on to you, cling to you, man, you know, and uh, you can't go nowhere without them. Smother you. Mm-hmm. Because of how needy they are. Very, very high-maintenance person. Or watch this. Or then there's the individual who can never ever find their way. They always lost. Now, now when I mean lost, I'm not saying that they're misplaced. They just lost in their mind. Okay? They they never ever can look at one and one and get two. I'm talking about somebody's friend up in here right now. But they never ever can get that. They look at it, two and two never makes four. It's five or six, you know what I'm saying? And only because of the fact that they don't like making decisions for themselves. Mm-hmm. Never ever like making their own decisions. Never, watch this, don't want to be accountable for having made a choice that they feel ultimately might be a blunder. I don't want to make no mistakes. So since I don't want to make any mistakes, I get somebody else's counsel, I get someone else's advice, let them be the one to make the decision for me, then if something happened, I can always say, see, if I hadn't listened to you, are y'all still here? Amen. And so that's why, again, that kind of a relationship is high maintenance because of the fact that many people who have those types of friends or even family members, you refuse to go it on and tell them the truth about themselves. You know, when, when is it that you're going to finally say to them, hey, when are you going to make your own decision? When are you going to make your own choice? Because watch this, there are some people, they can't even figure out what to wear each day. Let me show you, because they need approval. They need somebody's validation. They'll put something on, and as soon as they see you, what you think? What, 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 you, what you think about what I got on? I, do I look all right? Do I look all right? And don't you dare say that anything is out of place. They could be going to an appointment that starts at 4 o'clock and is 3.55 when they ask you the question and you say, well, you know, you could have you put a, a little accessory right here. What? Zoom back to where they got. <laughs> All because of the fact that you said so. Because they don't know how to think for themselves. Are y'all still here? So all of these different kind of relationships. Now, now, let's bring it into the household because inside the house, all that stuff exists. Especially if you have somewhat of a large family, if you have, if you have more, than, you know, more than two people, okay? And now we have the dynamic. Amen. Now we got the dynamics, you know, of what takes place inside a household, you know, with all of these folks trying to uh, uh, adjust to each other, trying to adapt to one another, uh, trying to help the high maintenance individual, trying to help the low maintenance individual, because of course inside the household there's also the individual who feel like they don't need no help. 
you know what I'm saying? They feel like they are everybody else's teacher. They're everybody else's instructor. I, look, I, I got it going on. You know, I don't know what's wrong with the rest of them, you know, but hey, I, I got it going on, you know. And, and, and so they become the individual, especially for some of us parents in here, they become the individual who is so difficult to try to manage. Why? Because they won't call home. They got a phone, but every time you call it, they will never answer it. Y'all, come on up in here. I ain't talking just to myself. Come on now, that's right. But they won't answer their phone. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, 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 here it is that, that they'll do anything and everything trying to get money sometimes. Now I'm not talking about, you know, promiscuousness and all that kind of stuff, but, but they'll do some wild stuff just to get money because they refuse, their pride won't let them ask their dad or their mom for any. Come on now, I'm, am I doing all right, Charles and Jack? I'm doing okay? Okay, because I, I, I know y'all know, you know, because, man, y'all had children, so y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm just looking for a witness right now, okay? <laughs> so, 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 so because, because, hey, it happened to my house. I ain't, yay. I'm not trying to be like as if it didn't happen to me, because it happened to me too. Amen. Amen, that's right. And, and if any of the rest of us would tell the truth, it'll happen in your house too. You might be the person I'm talking about, you know what I mean? So... So, 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 and, and, and then, and then you got the kid, you know, who's always mischievous, always in stuff, always in stuff, you know what I'm saying? And, and what happens is that the rest of the kids have no problem telling on them. Y'all know, the Joseph syndrome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Joseph had no problem telling on the rest of them. Hey, Pop, you should have seen what they did. You know what I'm saying? And then, of course, now what happens is that, unfortunately, some parents will begin to favor that child just because of the fact that he or she is a tattletale. You don't hear what I'm saying up in here. Look, 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 because, 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 uh, uh, listen, Joseph's daddy loved him to the point where he gave him a coat of many colors. He didn't do that for the rest of them. Are you hearing me? He didn't do that for the rest of them. Not even for the baby, he didn't do that. Amen. And, and watch this. And here it is that he was born under some real hard circumstances. The baby was. Okay. But yet Joseph was the favorite child. And that's one of the things that parents have to really caution themselves against is having a favorite child. You can't do it. I know that there's one that sometimes just strikes a chord in your heart, but you can't play favorites. Amen, amen, because, because the deal is, is that I was saying earlier, them kids will take it out on the other child behind your back. Amen, amen, even to the point of beating that kid up. You know what I'm saying? Bop him upside his head, you know, <laughs> and, and got him wondering where it came from. You know, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 so, and so, now, so, now, so now that's why it is so important that parents make sure that they treat every child the same. Amen. Treat every child the same and have the same sort of advice, the same sort of counsel, the, the, the same sort of support for all the children. Now, 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 I do understand that with different kids, yes, without a doubt, there's going to be different counsel for some of them, only because of what their aspirations and goals and objectives may be in life. So therefore, you may counsel them differently. However, the way that you uh, um, uh, inspire them and, uh, and empower them should all be the same. I know I'm talking good up in here right now. Oh man, make sure y'all get this one. Okay, so again now, here it is, maintenance on relationships, taxing and difficult, but I guarantee you that the blended family relationship is the most difficult of all. It is the most difficult of all, no doubt about that. Because of the fact that here it is that you are bringing together literally different worlds. You have two worlds that are now colliding with one another. Are y'all hearing me? Because this woman brings a world, the man brings a world, and especially in this day and age, if in fact both parents have children, oh my gosh, is there a collision? Now, one of the greatest dangers 
in the whole blended family situation is the fact that too often the parents try to bring the whole thing together in one big pile before they have even had a chance to really found and substantiate their own relationship. All of that stuff as much as possible needs to be worked out before you ever step to the altar and say, I do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Every last bit of it because of the fact that there are dynamics that have been going on in this other family on either side, you know, and certain customs that they have, certain traditions that they have, you know, and now we're going to come together all as one big happy family, so to speak. And we're going to bring all of that stuff together and put it up under one roof. And we expected that by the grace of God, by the spirit of God, it's all going to work. Because we got the Holy Ghost. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And because we got the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. Watch this thing work. But we totally leave out the human element. We forget about the fact that we come together and we got some twisted stuff that is going on in our lives, going on in our families. And so now what we expect is that when we all come together, we expect everybody just to openly and quickly and swiftly accept what it was that was going on in this other household and what's going on in this household. So we come together and so now what we gonna do with Christmas? Because at Christmas, here's how our family celebrated Christmas. But this other family that's coming together with the other one now, that ain't the way we celebrated Christmas. So now what we have to do is sit down with each other and we have to work out our Christmas. What, what, what is ours going to be? Not what it used to be over here, not what it used to be over there. Are you hearing me? And then watch this. And then we expect that when we bring these families together, uh, that also uh, the kids are going to quickly accept each other. At least that's what we believe. Are y'all going to pray for me? <laughs> yeah, we want these kids to come together, and we expect these kids to come into the house. You know, prayerfully, it's not her house or it's not his house, but it's a house that we have. Because, why? Because if either party decides that they're going to stay in their own environment, are you hearing me? They've already established a life and lifestyle in their house, and that means that this new family has to come in and accept whatever it is that they have been going through because they, in essence, become the authority. And those kids who've been living there for a while despise the fact that this new family would come in, these other kids would come in, and they come in here messing up our stuff. Oh, I know I'm talking good right now. Oh, yeah, because they messing up our stuff. You know, hey, don't touch that. That's mine. Y'all act like I don't know what's going on. And so, and so we go through that, and then vice versa, of course, when we go to the other house, and the same thing's gonna happen over here. And now, what's gonna happen is that uh, if the two parents have not really worked things out with each other, they got a whole mess that they have to try to unravel and try to find out who's telling the truth in the midst of a particular situation. Now, now, of course, of course, each parent favors their own child. Oh my gosh, each person favors their own child, and in favoring their own child, also they're going to believe their child before they will believe the other one. And will the two parents also work out how it is um, that we're going to discipline in this house? Yeah, yeah, because will this man allow this woman to discipline his child or his children? And vice versa, will this woman allow this man to discipline her child or children? Are y'all hearing me? Oh my gosh. Now, let's look at this scenario because this is deep too. What's going to happen 
when the children are from multiple parents. Who said, Bishop ain't gonna talk about that. Yes, he is. Am I doing all right, Red? I'm doing okay? Doing okay? So, so, so the, the, the children are from multiple parents, okay? And so only, only one or two of the, parent, of the children are living with this new family that's been created, okay? However, the, the, there's some other kids that are involved, you know, with the dad, uh, predominantly sometimes with the dad, you know, or maybe even with the mother, okay? But they're just not living with him or with her. Now, they come around sometime as well. Now, the deal is, do they just come to visit? Are they a visitor in this situation? Or, you know, are they gonna really be a part of the family? Will we allow them to come in? Okay, and, and of course, uh, depending on which side it's on, whether it's the woman or whether it's the man, now one of those partners is gonna have to be able to also deal with the parents of the other kids. Who are making demands on the parent that's the birth parent. It is quiet up in this house. Good Lord have mercy. I can see I'm going to do this more than once. Okay. See, 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 because let, let me, let me, let me, let me show you something. See, because what has happened in society is that society has shown us uh, one uh, or the other side of a, of a, of a large swinging pendulum. Okay. And so we, we swing all the way to one side, Cinderella and her wicked stepmother and stepsisters. It's the truth, okay? Or we swing all the way to the other side, and the other side is the Brady Bunch. So the Brady Bunch, everything works just perfectly in this household. They came together, man, and everything is just wonderful. That's a lie. It's not reality. It could, it could, not to say that it can't, but in many instances, y'all, it ain't gonna be as smooth as they showed it to be. And then, of course, to the other side, of course, Cinderella and her uh, stepmother, you know, and stepsisters. Now, the greater question that I have had is this one here, Theodis. This is my question. The stepmother, the stepsisters, where the dad? Where was that dysfunctional father? And then, did anybody ever question where Cinderella came from? We see Cinderella in their house. No dads around anywhere. Totally dysfunctional. With a wicked stepmother and a stepsister. And two stepsisters, that's right, thank you. And this is the situation that this girl lives in and needs a fairy godmother to get out of it. Now, let me show you something. Let me show you something. So here is dysfunctional Cinderella who has been raised with, by tyrants. She goes and marries a prince with her dysfunctional self. What kind of bride she gonna be? And if there were to be children, what she gonna teach them? When all she has seen is destitution and derision all her life. Are y'all hearing me? Come on now. Now it may work for fairy tales, but this life is not a fairy tale nor is it the Brady Bunch. Wherein, without a doubt, in some instances, it may work. I'm not saying, again, that it can't work, because without a doubt, it can in some instances. But again, we gotta look at how human we are. Oh, Jesus. And because of how human we are, we know that there are gonna be instances when it's gonna be rough and tough. Amen. Amen. And of course, let's, let's, let's add another wrinkle. 
also depended upon the economic situation of, that, of those two families. And so let's say those two families come together and both parents are struggling. And they bring, they bring together these four or five children and they struggle all together. Are y'all still here? And so now these kids, I'm sure they got to be wondering, well, okay, we, we come together with them. And let's say that one of the parents, though, before they got married, that one of the parents' struggle was not as great as the struggle of the other parent. So then when they come together, one crew dresses a little better than the other one. How about that? Imagine the level of jealousy and envy that that creates. Y'all still pray for that. I, only need, I, I promise you I'm going to let y'all go. I, but, but this stuff is just so heavy. I mean, and, and I tell you, as I was studying, oh God, there is so much stuff involved. Listen, statistics show 63% of all remarriages end in divorce. 63% end in divorce trying to blend families. I mean no harm to anybody because of course when I make this statement, I'm making it for my own self. The real deal is God never designed blended families. That's not the order of God. He allows it but again, it is not his divine order, which is why as you go through scripture, you're not even gonna find much about it. I had to search hard to get this one. Because without a doubt, even though the things we see, and, and I'll have to get this to you in the next lesson, the things we see in this particular passage, without a doubt, as dysfunctional as it is, yet God allowed it. God was in it from the beginning. Read it. Hear me, church. Read it. He was in it from the beginning. He could have told Abraham, don't you dare go mess with that girl, Hagar. But he didn't say a word. He went on and did it. Are you hearing me? God never stopped it. And he could have, but he did not stop it. The baby is born on Sarah's knees, presented to Sarah as her own, even though she uses a surrogate to have this baby born. And that was not what God said, right? but he allows the child to be born, and ultimately, God says, I'm gonna bless the boy. But wait a minute, you'll see, and we'll get to this probably next lesson. But remember, God says, I'm gonna bless this boy because he's your seed, Abraham. And Abraham was God's friend. So God says, I'm going to bless this boy because of you, Abraham. Amen. Not because, not because it was really, watch this, not because it was so much in order, but only because of how I love you, Abraham. So I'm going to bless him. Are you here? Are you here? But watch this. But the dysfunction, uh, oh gosh, man, I hate time. <laughs> the dysfunction, the dysfunction began, watch this, the dysfunct dysfunction began even before Ishmael was born. Because Hagar, being number two wife, she looks at the wife and despises her. Because she's saying, hey, I can do something you can't do. In fact, I have something you can't produce. And even though she's an Egyptian, she still understands the ways of the Jews knowing that a woman who was barren was considered to be like cursed. 
and particularly if she didn't bring forth a man child. She was really messed up then because they weren't even thinking about the fact that the man is the one bringing the DNA. Come on now. The man bringing the DNA and they get upset with the woman because she didn't bring a man. Are y'all still here? Okay, so now the dysfunction begins with Hagar being there in the household and so now we got another mother we have to deal with. I thought about this. I thought about this. I'm put the seed in you before I, I pray. I wonder who Abraham really favored. <laughs> who did he really favor? I mean, you know, Hagar, he went to her and bang, here's a child. <laughs> huh? He gets a promise from God that Sarah's supposed to have this baby, but he has to wait 10 more years after Hagar has conceived. Who did he really favor? And here's another question. After Ishmael was born, I wonder, did he keep going back to Hagar's tent? Huh? You hear what I'm saying? Did, did he keep going back? Ishmael's born now. Sarah still hadn't produced nothing. Did he go back? What was going on? Or was he swapping tents? <laughs> Y'all still with me? Huh? Think, we're talking human beings. What could possibly have been going on? Because there's no doubt that when that girl got kicked out of the camp, Abraham was hurt. Whew. He was hurt. No doubt. Because remember the Intimacy Act? Sexual intercourse? greatest human act two individuals can engage in. He had to feel something for that woman. And the half are kicked out. And then we're going to see in the next lesson how she gets kicked out a second time. When she gets kicked out the second time, it's her and the kid. She's kicked out the first time and she's pregnant. She's kicked out the second time the boy is born. <laughs> and, 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 ooh, and, and, and here's what really hurts. When he kicked out the second time, because he had to kick out. Not, Ab not Sarah. Abraham had to kick her out. And all he gave her when she left was some bread and a jug of water. And sent them into the wilderness. And that girl had no clue where she was going. Are y'all hearing me? And then, watch this, and, and we'll pick up from here, and watch this. She's in the wilderness, and this time, God don't say, go back. She's just out there with some bread and a jug of water. Sarah's happy. Abraham is grieving. His baby's gone and Sarah can't produce. Ooh. Talk about dysfunctional. And that type of stuff, that type of stuff is going on even up to today. That's why we have to be more concerned about family matters. Let's give God a praise right there. <laughs> Jeez.
You've been listening to Straight From The Pastor's Hearts Ministries. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And especially for that man or for that woman out there who does not know the Lord Jesus today, please know that it's a very, very simple process. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to jump up and down or anything like that. All that the Lord is looking for you to do is one simple thing. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised it from the dead. You shall be saved. Please know it's just that simple. You don't have to do anything else. But more than anything, make sure that you listen back into us once again. Don't you dare miss it. We'll have some vital information for you once again to help you continue this great journey along with the Lord Jesus Christ. Love you all now. God bless. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.